Welcome to Paper Team, a podcast about television writing and becoming a TV writer. I'm Alex Friedman, aka TV Calling. And I'm Nick Watson. Alex is doing a little dance there, <laughs> uh, on Twitter at underscore NJ Watson. And today we're going to be talking about getting red. You have this brand spanking, shiny, awesome pilot, hopefully shiny. more than that. And you've gotten some feedback, and now you want to get people to read you and seen around town. So how do you go about it? Well, find out in this very episode of Paper Team. First things first, who's going to read you and what is the point? This episode is largely about what you can do to put yourself out there as either an unrepresented or a new writer to get enough attention to actually get repped and get work. It's about getting your face and your writing known around town. Your face <laughs> all around town. Don't send headshots with your scripts, though. <laughs> with um, glitter. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, the main way in this industry works is through connections. If you don't know anyone in town, you should check out our previous episodes about meeting people and networking, which were episode three and episode five. So moving on to who should you want to read you, Alex? Well, I think the very first step in terms of figuring out who you would want to meet or who you want to read you is to simply do your research. Don't just throw your script in the wind hoping someone will catch it somewhere. If you want to be repped, find out about the agencies and management companies that rep writers from shows you actually care about. If you care about the 100, figure out who reps the people from the 100 and so on. Then make sure you're actually trying to get in touch with someone who cares about what you are writing. Don't just cold email some comedy agent and feature lit if you want to write a one-hour science fiction TV show. It's a waste of both of your time. And it's the same thing with executives and other development people. Don't send your like family multicam to people at Cinemax. I think they have other things that they care about than multicam family. And as we've mentioned in previous episodes, you're probably going to want to be looking for like young, hungry, recently promoted agents and managers and executives who are really looking to prove themselves and willing to read that unsolicited material or the vaguely introduced material. <laughs> Especially in LA, some of you people are on a diet. I think a lot of people are hungry, right? <laughs> yeah. If, you, if someone has just had a meal and they're completely full, you do not want them to read your script. <laughs> On the matter of reps, even if you do have an agent or a manager already, go you, but reps will do some of that legwork, but you should still be looking for every opportunity to actually do it yourself and help them out. It's often a 50-50 relationship at best. Their job is to get you in front of people at production companies, studios, networks, for general meetings and to build relationships, which will hopefully eventually pay off by having you considered to be staffed on these people's shows or even develop and write shows for them, whether that's your own spec pilot that they buy off you or or they're bringing you in to turn a property they have into a show. But that doesn't mean that you can't also be doing that yourself through your friends and your connections. It's a numbers game, so why wouldn't you want to double your chances? We'll actually probably do a future episode specifically about rap, so we don't want to get too far into that territory. But I will say that once you've figured out who you want to meet and so on, always use the connections you already have and the people you know who are connected to those other people. If you have an idea of who you want to meet or get read by, figure out who you already know before you send out some cold email to that person's address. Hopefully, in your time here, you've made actual friends and connections, not just a collection of people to use, as we've been saying over and over again in all our episodes. A legitimate introduction to that rep or that development executive is always more worthwhile than some generic cold email about, hi, I know you don't know me, but this is my story. Figure out who knows that person and how you can organically approach them. I've sometimes done lists or grid, kind of like mind maps of who knows who and which specific companies are connected to which person and so on. 
And ultimately, it was about figuring out who could introduce me in an organic and relevant way to that person instead of just stalking them to their favorite restaurant. <laughs> I think a lot of executives eat at Jack in the Box. That's where I go all the time to uh, casually stalk my favorite executives. <laughs> think about what connects you to that person in a unique and original way. I mean, it could be maybe they wrap a writer from your own writing group. That's a great way to be recommended. Or maybe you won a contest that their organization organized, you know, like GHRCS. That's how I met a lot of people was telling them, oh, hey, you're in this organization. Well, I just won one of your contests. Want to meet? And that works sometimes. Now that we know who might be reading you, what exactly should people be doing to get read? And also, at what point are you actually ready to send your stuff out? Well, I mean, just because you think you're ready doesn't mean you're ready, Nick. Me, Alex? Uh, oh, yeah, you. Damn. <laughs> you need a portfolio, right? Me I mean, specific? No. <laughs> Nick, listen, this entire, <laughs> these 30 episodes. This is an intervention just, just for me. <laughs> Yeah, if you only have one script, yeah. Nick, this is not going to work. You in the collective sense, we are saying. <laughs> you, you, capital U. Let's be real, you need at least two pilots probably. I mean, maybe it could be more. But in any case, you need to have multiple samples of writing to show whoever would be interested in you and your work. It doesn't have to be three original pilots, but it definitely needs to showcase your own writing sensibilities. Maybe it's a play, maybe it's a feature. I've often read sketch packets from people or short film script, short films they've actually produced. Used. It doesn't really matter exactly what it is, as long as they've written at least one good original pilot and you can see evidence that they're still a good writer elsewhere. Have you ever received a film version of some like Second City theater group of like someone performing skits <laughs> and that as their sample? Like a recorded improv off of someone's mobile phone? Exactly. No, that, I, I have not. But uh, I think it's like next level, right? Yeah. I think another thing uh, that you should also have ready to go is a bunch of ideas or at least one good one that you're really passionate about that you're planning to work on next. It's very important and you'll always be asked about that in meetings. I love that legwork both on the professional script level, idea level, and also you as a writer when you're selling yourself is almost introspective. You need to be confident in the material you're sending and yourself as a writer. What is your story? You're going to be asked multiple times over. So really hone that down as has been said multiple times in previous episodes. So many talks about having a personal log line. I think it might be Jen Grisanti. Right. If you were an interesting, dynamic character with a story, what's your log line? What's your second act, Nick? <laughs> what's, my, what's my twist? Oh, boy. But speaking of twists and stories, what are you exactly sending over? Let's say you figured out that person, you figured out that connection. Are you just going to be like, hey, uh, so you know my friend, uh, Nick, uh, here's like three Bibles and 10 pitches that I want you to read by tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You are definitely Snapchatting them a live pitch. No. A live I, that sentence was not going to end the way I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> Getting real for a second, talking about actually emailing your stuff over to people to read. I think it's kind of rude to cold email scripts to people. If you think specifically you're the only person. Who yes, only me. Everyone does. If you see an attachment on a cold email, it's like, oh boy, what am I getting myself in for? You know, even if you've already kind of been introduced politely through friends or, you know, an email or something like that, or you have mutual friends, it's kind of presumptuous. It's like showing up to a first date with your junk out. Uh, <laughs> you told me you don't do that. Have Nick? you been doing that, Alex? Is that what? why? Uh, no, okay. Is that why I'm married with three kids? <laughs> 
Uh, so don't do that. Speaking of people, not dates, you want to have met them in person for drinks or coffee and been vouched for by a mutual acquaintance in, in a case of actually wanting them to read your stuff. If that isn't possible and you really need to go in cold, then at least give them a logline or a synopsis and ask if they have the time or interest to read it and accept if they say no. And always, I feel like you should lead with who you are as a person and what makes you unique compared to like all the other people. Think of that scene from Starship Troopers, if you've seen the movie. There's a little clip, a little propaganda clip, and at the end it says, click here if you want to know more. Would you like to know more? So it's kind of like that little tease. That's the key, I think, to a lot of those cold emails. Explain where you're about, maybe even the project in question, but I don't think there's a need, as Nick said, to go like full frontal and just blast them with <laughs> what they would consider at that point to be spam. There's something to be said also about timing. Know when to strike. TV is a seasonal business. Pitch season is different from pilot season, which is different from pickups and renewals. Some reps are looking for clients at the beginning of the year instead of late spring or summer because then they're too busy with staffing season and getting their own clients staffed. And there's also something to be said about selling yourself versus selling your script. This is about forming long-lasting relationships, not just a one-night stand to continue that amazing date analogy. <laughs> Be memorable as a person before seeing this as a transaction. Let people know what you write and who you are, but be specific. Be clear about who you're looking for as well when you talk to some acquaintances. If you write network procedurals and you have an awesome medical procedural that'd be awesome for NBC, you should probably be clear about that to other people that that is your genre and style. That way they can recommend you to specific people who will already be looking for that kind of material. Don't waste your time sending your 10 episode limited series to some mainstream comedy like CISO. Actually, it's not really mainstream, but anyway. Executives want consistency is the point, both in your writing and you as a writer. We keep talking about your brand, your logline, whatever you wanna call it, you gotta figure out what you are writing. Is it one hour, half hour? Is it a genre piece? Is it character-based? Themes, what are the themes, what are the values? It doesn't mean your entire catalog needs to be this one similar sterile thing, but people should grasp what your sensibilities are so that they can sell you to their boss. Understand what your strengths are, and that way they can hone down on that and then sell you to someone else. That's exactly right. I mean, like what we talked about in the episode where you're having showrunner meetings, you need to pitch yourself as a specialist who can really do that one thing really well. If you're looking for a ransom, <laughs> I can tell you I don't have money. <laughs> but what I do have are a very particular set of writing skills. <laughs> I'm very good at dialogue. <laughs> I will come for you and I will punch up your dialogue. Very good at macro elements and Bible. <laughs> And that ends our terrible impression segment. And let's say someone wants to read your stuff, you send their stuff, your stuff rather. What are some expectations versus reality? Where are things people think happens, but actually doesn't quite happen that way? The hard truth is that sometimes people can and do just skim your script for a rough impression because oh they're short on time and they will make up their mind based on that. And that's why it is so important to grab people. In what way? Not in the <laughs> president-elect way, but particularly in the first 10 pages, and you want to make them read on from there. I've opened up scripts to skim, and I've gotten sucked in and read a whole feature. I was unable to put it down. And I've also tried my damnedest to read every page of a script that I wanted to get through, and simply been unable to get through it. You might think it's unfair that someone won't read your whole script, but unless you're paying them to read it, A, they owe you nothing, and B, you have to earn that with good writing. Is that how you went through college with good writing? You were like, okay, 
I know I can't pay for college, but I got this one <laughs> script that's really, really good. Yeah, my M1 spec pilot fought my way through college. <laughs> Speaking of spec pilots, there's definitely a difference between a pilot you seriously want to sell to someone and just something that's a writing sample. One is there kind of to sell you as a writer, right? Which is, in my mind, what you should be focusing on this early in the game and in your career. It's really about selling your execution for future projects and being a staff writer, not creating a multi-season show. And I will quote here Kai Randall, who wrote on Millennium, Dead Zone, and Twilight Zone. All the um, zones. All the zones. Uh, <laughs> who said, if you're writing a spec pilot to be used as a writing sample, don't worry about a Bible. Just worry about setting up the series in the pilot i.e. you want the reader to see that there's a series here. It's a little different if you're pitching a pilot. It's always better, I've found, to go in over-prepared. Have three years of your show figured out. Chances are you won't talk about it, but knowing where your show is going informs the pitch. The most important thing in the pilot pitch is making the executive feel comfortable that there is a show there. And a zone. In the zone, yeah. <laughs> the just as simple. It's all about making the other person feel comfortable in your ability to either execute an idea or write. Whether that is your own story, whether it's someone else's story, whether it's about you as a person, or a spec, a pilot, whatever it is, you want someone to believe in you in whatever way you can. So let's talk about some expectations versus reality. The first one I want to get into is people actually responding and getting back to you. Firstly, you might want to check out episode seven about following up for the kind of timeframes and etiquette that are involved with that. You don't want to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. But people are very busy. As my day job, I do a lot of script development and script reading, and it can take me several months to read a script with how much I have on my plate. And there are a bunch of scripts and projects that come in constantly that take higher priority. So and I'm reading several scripts a day and taking them home on evenings and weekends and it still takes me that long to get to new stuff. So if your script is being read as a favor, you are essentially entitled to nothing, to put nothing. it bluntly. If you still don't get a response after following up politely and appropriately a number of times over a length of time, you should probably just let it go at some point. Being too pushy is a great way to get yourself blacklisted and not the good kind. Not the NBC kind, right? Uh, <laughs> Not the NBC or the, uh, the Franklin house, Leonard the house, yeah. Just to jump off on that lack of response, if you don't get a response after some time and after following, maybe you just encountered the wrong person that's not the right fit to you. You may have pursued them and thought that they were the right person for you, but if they're not equally as interested in you, then there's no real need to go further into it. It is still a relationship, so you want them to be at least as engaged in your work as you are into theirs. I had this agent that I thought would be the perfect fit for my style and my writing. And so I tried to get her to read me. And so I had two of her own clients recommend me, who obviously knew me in my writing. I had her own assistant pass me up. And I even had one of her best friends, who also knows me and is a development executive, recommend me. And even after all of that, I still got radio silence. So some things are just not meant to be. It's worthwhile noting that agents and managers are often looking to fill very specific niches in their roster. They might be looking for a genre drama writer. They might be looking for a broadcast comedy writer so that they can submit all their people for the most possible opportunities and their own clients aren't actually competing against each other for the same spots. So maybe you just want what they're looking for right now. It's always nice to get a response one way or the other though. 
Yeah, telling me she wasn't looking for an awesome genre drama, one hour writer from France. That's not, come on. <laughs> Every, everyone's looking for everyone's that. Everyone's looking for that. Oh, Stare yeah. off whistling into the sunset. <laughs> okay. So, in terms of expecting feedback from people that you pass your screenplays onto, while it can be really helpful to actually hear some feedback on what they specifically enjoyed or what they thought needed work, you shouldn't expect a detailed set of development notes from everyone who reads your scripts, particularly development executives, <laughs> ironically. When I read scripts as a favor, I rarely take take detailed notes on them because I'm doing that all day every day for work and I don't want to do more of it unless I need to. So instead I'm going for an overall impression of the read. I might have a few broad stroke points about what was working and what wasn't, but you shouldn't expect to receive free detailed coverage or analysis of your script. That's what coverage services and writers groups are for. I would argue that you should almost never go into those reads thinking or like even wanting feedback because hopefully by the time you send out your script to reps or executives, I would hope that you would have gotten enough feedback that your script is awesome and doesn't need those kinds of notes in fact if you do get a bunch of notes back i think that's more like bad news than good news on some level unless it's like you know very basic stuff that means they actually care about they should either like it enough to be interested in you or say that it was good but not for them you know yeah kind of thing. if they go into like great detail about how terrible the third act you're is, doing something wrong <laughs> yeah that's the problem and that is another flip side of maybe you don't have enough material or maybe your material is poor. At the end of the day, even if you think you're ready to be repped and nothing is really happening, no one is biting, no one is interested past that one sample, maybe that means you're not there yet. Take a step back and reassess where you are as a writer. And if your scripts are as evocative and interesting enough to get people to meet you in the first place. Maybe that pitch or that log line got you in the door and they read it and then it's like radio silence over and over again. Maybe the problem is with the script. No offense to your script, of course, but uh, once again, it's a relationship, not a one-way street. Reps should be as interested as you are in them and if you just have that one pilot with very little else going on and getting traction, then maybe your priority should be getting a second new sample ready to go instead of just cold calling a bunch of agencies to have people to read that one script. It's very common. You can have one good script that gets interest, but people are like, well, I just want to see a second script to back this up to show that you really do have the potential and then I'm willing to enter more of a relationship with you. Again, it's consistency, especially in TV. It's all about consistency because once you're in a staff and even as a showrunner, you're going to be pulling out script after script, either rewriting one or pulling one out of, uh, you know, your God knows where. <laughs> so it's really important to be able to be consistent throughout your scripts. And here's another really important expectation versus reality, expecting to be passed up the chain to people's bosses. So this is something that can frustrate and put potential readers off, is a sense of entitlement from a writer to be passed on to their boss just because you happen to be friends with the assistant or whatever it is. Whether that boss is an agent, a manager, an executive, a showrunner, even if the person you gave it to read your script and enjoyed it, the act of putting it on their boss's desk is actually a huge leap of faith. And how their boss responds to that script not only reflects on you as a writer, but that person's judgment and taste who decided to put it on the desk for you. If they put a mediocre script on their boss's desk just to do you a solid favor and he or she takes the time out of their busy schedule to read it and they don't like it then that goodwill and trust towards their assistant or colleague or whoever is expended they might not be willing to do that favor for them again 
Therefore, people only really want to pass along the very best stuff that they're willing to stake their reputation on. So don't be offended if someone won't or can't do that for you. It's a really high bar to get past in this town. And it's a huge thing to ask of people, which is usually why I think you should let them offer to do it rather than ask them. If they think it's amazing and it would make both of you look good, they'll usually be happy to offer and won't have to be persuaded or have their arm twisted. If not, then just be thankful they even read you in the first place and know that it might pay off later down the line when... Maybe they get promoted, maybe they pass it on to someone else it's a better fit for. It's not always the quality of the writing or the script either. Like we said earlier, maybe their boss just has a full roster or they're not looking for comedy scripts to make right now. So try not to take it to heart. But on the flip side of that, as Alex said, sometimes your writing isn't good enough. And in that case, your righteous fury and anger should be directed (laughs) at yourself to improve rather than at this friend who's already doing you a big favor and then they won't also donate you a kidney. It's like the Da Vinci Code, right? The guy played by Paul Bethany who just self-flagellates all the time. That's basically what I do every night. I'm like, you're not good enough, Alex. You're not good enough. And I bleed and bleed and bleed. Just keep it all inside. Uh, Just keep it it all inside. It is true that ultimately it's about someone wanting to read you or get and not just forcing someone to read your stuff. This isn't torture. This is entertainment. This is show business. <laughs> well, show business can be torture sometimes. But really, it's about finding that one person who cares about you and loves you and cherishes you. And I don't think you're going to find that on OkCupid. Wait, what am I talking <laughs> He's just reading some text conversation oh, between us. No, it's all good. So at the end of all this, someone's read your script. They've liked it. They've taken a meeting with you. Everything's gone well. Damn, are they, they going to? Awesome. I know, right? Are they going to buy my show, Alex? Probably not. Even if someone really, really, really enjoyed your script, they're not going to drop everything to make it there and then. You know, they probably want to meet you and see what else you have. And if you're an interesting person, a writer, they can work with and keep you in mind for future opportunities like staffing or even pilot projects that they might have coming up down the line. But again, it's more about that relationship and that almost forward-looking perspective rather than cash in the bank right now. We've got mm-hmm. the dopest pilot in the history of TV. You're planting seeds that are going to grow and you'll be able to harvest that in the future. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick, what are some takeaways? Number one, find the right people to read you at the right time, and then figure out the best way to approach them and meet them in a respectful and organic way. Number two, it's about building relationships, not making one-off transactions or selling a script. Keep in mind that metaphor about the seed. (laughs) Shut up, Alex. (laughs) Takeaway three, shut up, Alex. Takeaway four, (laughs) do not expect to get a meeting, a rep, script notes to be passed on to anyone's boss, or even an email back sometimes. No one really owes you anything. They're doing you a favor. That is the cold, hard truth. So do we have any resources for our dear listeners? Speaking of cold, hard truth, there is an article that was floating around and quite widely shared a while back from Josh Olson, who is the screenwriter of A History of Violence. And he has a brutally honest take on being asked by people, friends, acquaintances to read their scripts because he is a working professional writer. I recommend you read this, but don't let it put you off. Just try and understand his perspective through this cautionary tale of one person who basically didn't follow any of these rules, didn't do it respectfully, and rightfully caught his wrath. The post title is so evocative. I just love it. It's a, I will not read your effing script. <laughs> Uh, that was for you, Nick. That wasn't at all the post title. Oh, yeah. He wrote this one saying. to me, actually. Yeah. I'm the person in that. Th- no, I'm. <laughs> 
Well, I have another kind of letter slash post from my own resource, and that is a Louis C.K. News Group post. If you don't know what a news group is, ask your great-grandparents. But about 10 years ago, Louis C.K. was a member of this comedy slash stand-up news group, and he posted this extensive, exhaustive breakdown of what it takes to get people to read your pilot and hear your pitch, as well as getting it produced. It's extremely informative and kind of a great overlook at everything from pitch to series. So we will be posting both this Louis C.K. post as well as John Olson's rant on the show notes for this episode. Just don't take Louis C.K.'s advice on being respectful towards women in the comedy community. Yeah. So there's another enemy for the podcast. Collect them all. And that brings us to the end of our episode. As always, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Alex and I's ramblings. And you can get the show notes for this episode at paperteam.co slash 29. Wow, already 29 episodes. If you enjoyed these rants, you can leave us reviews or rather a review at paperteam.co, that's C-O, paperteam.co slash iTunes. Yeah, leave your own rant for us. Please, we love those. Friends. I'm on Twitter at, at underscore NJ Watson. <laughs> on Twitter at TV Calling. It's very funny for some reason. <laughs> we would love your feedback, thoughts, and opinions. You can send those to ask or ask, as Americans would say, ask. at paperteam.co. That's dot C-O. And next week, we will be giving you guys a broad overview of what you should be doing and including in your pilots. It's kind of a one-to-one of pilot writing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything you need to do about setting up a pilot and a show, it's going to be mind-blowing. That's right. We're getting back to basics. Back to basics. See y'all next week. See you then.